Some facts are uh, fun, like the first oranges weren't orange. They were green. Did you know that? The letter Q does not appear in the state in the name of any state. Not mm. so interesting, really. No, uh, Americans <laughs> overspend on insurance by $21 billion every year. That's a fact and an astounding fact. That's why the Zebra started doing business. The Zebra compares car and home insurance quotes from every major provider in under five minutes. It'll give you all the facts you need to make the right decision for you. And it's all for free. It is the fastest way to find out, am I overpaying? What is the right coverage for me? All about the price, all from the provider that you can trust. In fact, the Zebra saves shoppers an average of $922 on home and car insurance combined. That's a fun fact. Uh, Get all the facts in one place. Start comparing quotes free today by visiting thezebra.com slash Beck. That's thezebra.com slash Beck. bring a guest in uh this half hour she's a good friend of mine and uh she is now uh, a congresswoman in um, in washington dc sorry about that um and uh she we have a long record together uh and uh something we were both called conspiracy theorists for and just hate mongers has now actually happened uh, also, she's going to talk about the situation in Washington, D.C., what's happening with jobs. I mean, there's lots of jobs and nobody wants to fill them. We're going to talk to Beth Van Dyne, uh, the uh, congresswoman from the great state of Texas in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So if you have kids, you probably know their little minds are like sponges and the left knows that they 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 just soak up whatever they're exposed to and they retain it and that's good as long as they're being exposed to things that you know uh, can coexist with your values but most times it doesn't the time when schools taught the principles that made our country great is is quickly coming to an end there are a few schools left but i think people just don't understand how pervasive this is the simple truth is it is up to you to make sure that you're you're teaching your children your grandchildren true ideals and the history of american freedom and what truly made us the country that all other countries look to 
One way to do this, probably the best way, is by reading. And there's a great series of books out that teach the American principles and things like the free market, all of it. It's the Tuttle Twins book. The Tuttle Twins teach important lessons about freedom, how limited government is better for society, personal responsibility, how free markets work. Get them for your kids. Get them for your grandkids uh, and help save our nation. Just a simple way of reading to your kids uh, or your grandkids. The Tuttle Twins book. You can find them now, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get them right now. They're running a sale so you can get free workbooks as well. Um before the left cancels these books as well, get them now at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. <clears throat> Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne, it is so good to see you again. It's great to see you, too. Yeah. It's been a while. I know. Well, you were the <laughs> mayor of, yeah. uh, of this area where our studios are located. And In so Irving, we- yeah. We got to uh, we got to know each other quite well, uh, and one of the things that I remember, I mean, we were both sued by the clock boy. Yeah, we're I think. co-defendants. Yeah, yeah. that's um, not something you easily forget. No, yeah. you don't forget <laughs> clock boy. Um, but uh, uh, we were both sued in that, and then at the same time, um, if you remember right, or if I remember right, there was a a mosque. Uh, here in Irving, and a a uh, Muslim tribunal that was being set up, and I had because they said, "Oh no, it's no, 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 we're not radicalized at all." And I had the the imam and somebody else from the mosque on, and we had just a really interesting conversation where one of them let his guard down and said, "Well, I mean, I think we all agree that." you know, hands should be cut off if you steal things. And I was like, oh, well, not everybody. But and we were called uh, crazy because you and I talked about how there is a good chance that we'll have two separate laws. We'll have Islamic law and United States law. And everybody said, no judge would do that here in tech. That's not going to happen. These people are crazy. Have you read the latest? I did. I, I, I've seen that there's a there's a, a a woman who wants to get divorced, and she's now by the Republican judge, by the way, is being forced to go in front of the Islamic tribunal. Um, she can't represent herself. She can't even have her female attorney represent her. Um, she has to basically beg the permission of the imams for the divorce, and then they are allowed to plead her case in front of their their jury. Um, and it's it, it, look all from from the very beginning we talked about it. My issue was that women are not being treated fairly. They're not being treated equally. They are not given the same rights when they move here as and, and they and they they get citizenship that other people who live here are. And that is something that we should have an honest conversation about. It's something that we should be able to uh, explore. And instead, what happened is we were shut down. We were called Islamophobic. Um, and other not so nice names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that that's a nice <laughs> but name. That, that but that conversation never happened, and it's happening right here, you know, in, in Texas, Texas, in North Texas, just like we said it would. And and it's a shame that that these families are having to go through. How that. concerned are you for the state of Texas right now with everything that's going on? A lot of people are saying, you know, Texas is the last man standing, but there's a lot of changes and a lot of influx, a lot of people coming in from other states. The ones I have met 
always preface it with I'm from California, but, 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 but I know why I came here to get away from that insanity. Yeah. Um, but Texans, generally speaking, just think that the state will never change. And it already has. Well, you know, I love Governor Rick Perry. And you think about all of the economic development that he got in this state. But a lot of that came from California. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing, um, you know, two types of folks. You know, there's more than that. But generally two types of folks who move to Texas, right? They're either moving for a job. Or they are voting with their feet, and they're moving out of places like California, mm-hmm. New York, Chicago, and they're moving into a much more um, um, realistic and pragmatic state that allows them individual freedoms and recognizes the place of economic development and jobs. Um, people who are moving for jobs tend to vote, you know, the way from the place that they came from. And in California, as you'd expect, they tend to vote um, very de- for Democrats. But when they move with their feet. Mm-hmm. They are like the people that you meet say, mm-hmm. ho, 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 yeah. I, you know, I, I, I know. want, I'm leaving the craziness. I'm leaving the insanity. And I can't tell you how many Democrats I know from California this last year who've moved. And they're like, my kids weren't allowed to go to school. Our businesses were shut down. We weren't allowed to go to restaurants. Yeah. You know, we, we lost our jobs. Businesses that we owned were closed. And so they moved to Texas and they're like, we're never going to vote Democrat again. Those are the ones that we open up, you know, we yeah. welcome with open arms. Oh yeah. Um, the, uh, speaking of jobs, You've started a job fair that is going on uh, this, I think, this weekend. Tell me about the tell me about the job fair, because um, we don't have a shortage of jobs. We have a shortage of people willing to work, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, You know, I think in their over exuberance to take care of everyone and everything, um, we saw Democrats expand the role of unemployment. And the unemployment that they got, the extended benefits for that, basically made it you know, more profitable for them to stay home than to get a job. We saw a number of people who, who quit. We saw a number of people who were offered jobs who didn't take them um, because they were getting paid more by the federal government. So you were seeing small businesses across the country that were having to compete with the federal government. And you know, in a time when you're trying to open up the, the country, when you're trying to open up these businesses, demand is there. They don't have the workers. You go to a restaurant, you've got lines out the door, and they only have 40% of their staff online. So we had had business tours. We had had roundtables, small business roundtables, restaurant roundtables, healthcare roundtables. Every single industry is suffering from not having enough people applying or those people who apply don't come back. Those people who come for a couple of days don't come back. So in Texas, Governor Abbott ended you know, the, the extended unemployment June 30th. Mm-hmm. So we're setting up our job fair for July 15th, which will be you know, a day after their last, their last unemployment paycheck, um, with the hopes that we're going to have a ton of people. Now, we have over 250 businesses. We contacted businesses. We had businesses contacting us mm-hmm. saying we have positions, not just you know, entry level, but we've got executive positions as well. We've got executive VP positions that are available from every industry. Businesses are all coming out. We've got 250 businesses representing over 7,000 jobs. So we are hoping that we are able to connect the people who want to work to the businesses that desperately need them. I, I have to tell you, I think if if we lose our work ethic, we are a shell of who we've always been. We've always been a country that could pull itself up by the bootstraps. Uh, and when the going got tough, we got going. Uh, if we lose that spirit of... Yeah, I excuse me. I'm not taking a handout. I'm I'm working, and we all work together. We work hard. Yeah, we lose that. And and I tell you, I'm I'm remodeling my house, which I don't ever 
recommend. Um, Especially I, in this time. Yeah, yeah. Thank Construction you for that. is up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Lumber's increased three, okay, 500%. All right, all right. <laughs> you know? So anyway, um, been doing it for a year. And there isn't a single, I don't think there's an, with an exception of really old guys, not a single white American they're all from different countries around the world and it's real they're artisans they the guy laying the floor is an artist the guy laying the tile is an artist and i've talked to them about their skill and i say you know americans doing this and they're like no no american is doing this anymore um and it's part of the reason people come here because then they don't have to work as hard at manual labor but you can't get americans to work can't get him well and that's the problem with you know some of the extended unemployment and the the idea that now they're having to pay more to get people to come off the couch yeah so if they're able to get you know paid 15 16 17 dollars to work in fast food it's an air-conditioned environment they're definitely not going to want to go outside oh and gosh. have to work so most construction as you know you know they're paying more than than the 15 dollar minimum wage it's been it's been thrown out there but trying to get them to compete now with restaurants that are paying that they're, they're they'd much rather work in a comfortable air-conditioned environment so I, you I'll think about you. transportation, infrastructure jobs, all of those, building new homes, all of that. The nice thing about this is now is the time if you have a teenager, they go out and they work. They can get good jobs. I mean, they are giving, you know, older teenagers managerial jobs now at places like McDonald's. It, it's crazy what's happening. If you want to work, you could zoom to the top yeah. uh, right now. And we're hoping we get a lot of people there. I mean, we've had over 8,000 hits on the website. So what's the website real quick? It's myntxjob.com. Okay. It's going to be on Thursday, July 15th at the Irving Convention Center from 1 to 6. Okay. Um, let me talk to you about some people that are not working. Uh, the Texas Democrats, they have left the state to go to uh, Washington, D.C., and lo and behold, what a surprise. Today's the day the president is making a speech on, you know, the the draconian voting bills that are going through places like Texas. Uh, and they're just leaving. They say they're not coming back for a month, which will stop any legislation from happening at all. Is there anything the state can do? I mean, I wouldn't support this if the Republicans were doing it. No, I mean, you you, you promise your constituents that vote for you that you are going to be representing them, and then you take off. I mean, you are totally ignoring your job, ignoring the citizens. You're not even having a voice. And look, I'm in the minority in Congress, right? We, we, we have a minority. The Republicans are a minority. And yet every day I go to work and I fight for my district. I fight for common sense, pragmatic solutions. Yes, I know at the end of the day, we're probably going to lose. We're probably not going to get our votes. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to represent my my constituents and be there, show up. Well, it's like the minimum that they could but do. But you didn't show up and provide any kind of uh, bills or anything for the transportation, right? I mean, you guys just went. 19-hour markup, and we knew all of the votes would, you know, all of our 200 amendments would be voted down. But you know, 200, I, amendments, 200 amendments, you guys did it, yep. knowing there's not a chance any of these. And these guys. So what does the governor do? What should the people do? So the governor right now is saying that he's going to arrest them when they come back. Um, there's, some, there's some other states that have enacted laws. Now, they can't do that because, you know, they need two thirds in the House and they don't right. have it because they're hanging out in D.C. But, um, you know, they can enact laws that would actually fine them per day. 
you know, make it a little bit painful for them not to be doing their job. Obviously, they're, the folks who elected them don't elect them again. If they're not going to show up and represent you, why are they there? I guarantee you there are other people who are willing to run for those spots who would work for it. But it's amazing to me that you've got the Democrats in Texas that are willing to surrender our state to D.C. politicians. They are completely ready to just abandon the Texas folks who got elected here legally to go to D.C. and have that one-size-fits-all federal government program, have D.C. What's tyrannical as opposed to local rule and local it's local governance. against the constitution correct you cannot do what they're suggesting you do unless you yeah. just don't care about the constitution and they clearly don't they clearly don't. they clearly don't and their big their big fight is is because the the governor and the legislature actually have listened to their constituents and they want to put in laws that make it easier for people to vote it make harder for people to cheat that is at the bottom line. And anybody who says that, oh, no, that didn't happen, they can look at my race. In Texas 24, we had a mayoral candidate that ran in Carrollton who was arrested on 126 counts of mail ballot fraud. Now, we have no idea how many you know, ballots actually went through before he was caught and arrested. But the fact is, if somebody says that doesn't count, that, that wouldn't be enough to make a difference. I'd say, you know, talk to Congresswoman Marionette Miller-Meeks, who won by six votes. And how much how much voter fraud are we willing to take? Is there an acceptable amount here? You change the laws to make sure that it doesn't ever happen again. It is the bedrock of our democracy. And if people don't have that integrity in the system, if they don't believe that their vote counts, what kind of a country are we? It is completely anti-American. What you point out, too, is she won by six votes and they tried to steal it from her once she got into Congress. They did. They did. They did. Um, Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne uh, from the great state of Texas. Uh, if you want to go to the job fair, if you happen to be in Texas, it's uh, mynxjob.com, mynorthtexasjob.com. Thank you so much, Congresswoman. Good to see you it's again. Great to see you. All right. Let me take a, a quick one minute break. And. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. It's American Financing. We want to talk to you about a recent survey uh, that just came out. Nearly 30% of refinancing homeowners have been enjoying monthly savings of between $300 and $500 a month. Almost 20% are saving more than $500 a month. That's a lot of money for a lot of people. What would you do with an extra $500 every month? What bills could you pay down? How, how solvent would you be after a, a year of this? And it's all without resetting your loan at all. Refinancing your mortgage can put you in a good position to save money. Op, options under 3% still exist, and I, I, don't know, I don't know what's going to happen with the Fed, and I don't know what's going to happen with the interest rates. But I will tell you this, when the federal government introduces a bill in Congress to say we're taking over the, the uh, credit scoring system, there's trouble on the horizon. Stop putting it off. Be one of those people who are saving hundreds of dollars a month. Go right now and get a free mortgage review. No hassle, no pressure. It's American financing. It's a, it's a family-owned and operated business that started out really small, and because they still operate like that family-owned business, they're coast-to-coast. Coast. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net, 10 seconds, station ID.
All right. This is the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, we support, uh, of course, uh, the Cubans. And uh, the president came out yesterday and he says they're just they're asking for freedom from an authoritarian government. I was shocked to hear him say that. I was shocked to see the criticism of their wonderful health care system as I learned about it in the Michael Moore documentary, Sicko. Really? Yeah. The Cuban they're saying they're protesting the health care system. I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, yeah, I have some clips here from uh, from the 2007 Michael Moore documentary praised by the press. Here's what he was saying about the Cuban system. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking. Cuba is where Lucifer lives. The worst place on earth. The most evil nation ever created. How do we know that? Because that's what we've been told for over 45 years. Oh, okay. So, All right, so, so it's bad because only we've been told yeah, that. lied to the media that right, Castro okay. was bad. Okay, okay. here's all some right. more on the healthcare system. And so now, after all these years, one thing is clear. The Cuban people have free, universal health care. Oh, great. Mm. They become known around the world as having not only one of the best health care systems, but as being one of the most generous countries in providing doctors and medical equipment to third world countries. They are a third world country. Yeah, and that's not an attempt to just bribe the other places to go along with communism. That's not (laughs) why they give that away at all. Okay, all right. All right, here's a little more. They believe in preventive medicine. Oh, okay, great. And it seems like there's a doctor on every block. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Their only sin when it comes to health care seems to be that they don't do it for a profit. Oh, my God. Anybody need medication right now for the pharmacy? Why don't you leave your cares and troubles behind? I'm nevertheless so glad to see you. It's a well-stocked pharmacy. Well, it's amazing to, to learn about health well, from fat Michael Moore and uh, and Harvey Weinstein, who, of course, was responsible yeah. for producing the film, Yeah, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's interesting how on earth they came across fully stocked pharmacies and doctors and nurses doing house calls on well, camera. It's weird. What a shock. How it's did weird. they find this? And so they have this great health care. What are these people, according to the Biden administration, what are they protesting? They have free universal health care. Yeah, this is why a wonderful they, system. Why are they having a problem with COVID? The envy of the world. Right. Uh, and they believe in preventative medicine. So <laughs> Remember, what's important about this is not that Michael Moore was wrong, as he always is. It's that the media pushed this along and, mm-hmm. and promoted it as if it was true at the time, uh, largely. And... We see now what's happened in in a crisis situation with their medical system. It's turned into a complete catastrophe. And uh, even though they're an island, they still, <laughs> they still can't seem to and avoid the worst And it is the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Support Cuba. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Imagine how different things would be if Trump were in office. If you're over 50 and you haven't joined AMAC yet, may I suggest you check them out today. Um, you know, that's, uh, I, I, I recommend that you always do your homework before you commit to anything, but here's what I want you to consider. If you like the benefits like insurance and travel discounts, uh, AMAC is for you. It also has serious advocacy that pushes back against the ultra left legislation going all the way to Washington on your behalf. If that's what you want, AMAC is right for you. A source of uncensored information that you can trust, complete with newsletters, videos, podcasts, fresh website contest, a, a, a bi-monthly magazine. If you're looking for somebody that is telling you the truth, 
AMAC is right for you. A quarter of a million AMAC members have already directly participated in their outreach campaigns to Congress. They are hearing your voice and there is strength in numbers. Join AMAC for the advocacy, the benefits, and the information. Join today, amac.us slash Beck. That's amac.us slash Beck. And a brand new Glenn TV returns this week. Don't miss it. Chalkboard. Bla- yes, th- multiple chalkboards, if I understand. BlazeTV.com <laughs> yeah. slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We are uh, thrilled to have Sean Larkin in. Uh, he is the former host of Live PD, which was canceled immediately uh, for, I think, you'd be better to tell us, Sean, but I think because you were making cops look good. Crazy concept. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, people want transparency if it involves seeing the police doing something wrong. But they don't want that transparency when it shows what society is doing wrong and what police have to do day to day to deal with it. So, I mean, I remember when cops first came out and I was watching cops. It was not about the cops. It was about how stupid and fat Americans are. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just like, what, I don't I just remember thinking that what an imbecile this person is. Right, right. Well, you know, that's the day in the life of a police officer. Unfortunately, yeah. you do cross uh, a lot of those type of the, those type of people on a daily on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the difference between cops and live PD was cops kind of showed like a 30 minute segment that was edited down for sure. three pieces, basically. Mm-hmm. And live PD showed America, hey, this is the job of law enforcement in the country. And, you know, that's why it showed some of the rural areas. Um, it showed the urban areas. So you, in one episode, you would see what cops were dealing with in, in Montana. Well, literally on one episode, we had a bear up in a tree at a hospital there. But then we were bouncing to somewhere else in the country where guys are in a pursuit with some gang members. Um, and so it just got to show the public, hey, this is what this job really is. It's not the little cut down pieces that's you know clickbait on social media sure. or the big things that lead off the news i have so many questions um mainly regarding how frightening was that to do to do a live television show where it could be horrible and nothing happens uh or something really bad could happen and you're there you're live you, you had a basic delay but that's it right? yeah it had a small delay you know similar to like uh you know live sports does in right. case some guy streaks across the field or something right, like right, that right. you know so it did have that built in um and, and that's exactly it though you would have a friday night where we thought man it's going to be off the chains tonight it's going to be crazy and it was three hours of just nothing going on um you know we had eight different departments and so you got to bounce around of nothing going on in eight different cities and then what you'd a have a saturday night nightmare. where it's raining in half the country and it was crazy um, but again, that's what law enforcement is. You you don't know it. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. And- See, I, I think this is one of the things I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, in a little teeny town of about 30,000, I think, maybe less than that when I was there. And so you knew the cops and everything else. And you got out of the car. You were stopped. You got out of the car. You kind of met him halfway. Sure. You're like, officer, what am I doing? Well, I did that. I'm 18 years old. And I did that when I moved to Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, my little different, little different, a little different. I got out of my car and they drew guns on me and said, what? Get into your car. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay." Uh, And the the cop said to me, what are you doing? And what I didn't realize is how many cops had been shot Mm -hmm. right around that time. Two officers were just shot in Baltimore this morning. Correct. Yeah. 
you have no idea what you're walking into. None. Um, you know, I, I was a cop in Tulsa for 24 and a half years, and I just retired about seven or eight weeks ago. Um, you know, and I supervised the gang unit there since 2008. And during that time, and we took th- literally thousands of guns, uh, you know, off the streets from guys that shouldn't have them. And we were very, very fortunate. Um, you know, throughout my career, I've been in two police shootings. A couple of other guys in my squad have been in shootings as well. But you don't know. You don't know if that car stop, that door you're going through, um, you know, you know that domestic call you're going through. You don't know what's going to happen. There are some cops that believe that uh, guns in the hands of average people are is not a good. You're not a help if you are carrying a weapon. Uh, I don't happen to agree with that, but I'm not a cop. Uh, Cops generally look at law-abiding citizens with with guns as a help. You know, I don't know if I'd use the word "quote unquote" a help. Um, I think there's just there's speaking from my own experience in Tulsa, there's very few isolated incidents where a citizen who was armed has had to intervene or do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the the stories we see across the country where somebody, whether they're in a, a business where a rush, uh, a robberies happen, or mm-hmm. some guy's out with his family and you know somebody tries to rob them, defending themselves, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I am all for it. I wish at times citizens definitely did get more involved. You know, now what you see and just speaking from a law enforcement perspective, you know, everybody just wants to record everything on their cell phone rather so, than take oh any gosh. action or help. That's it. Or help yep. real quick. Cause I want to get to the book. Um, you, uh, in Chicago, they're now going to send in federal, uh, officers and they're going to clean it up. They're saying what the problem is, is that those suburbs are just, you know, those gun stores at the suburbs, they're just selling guns. They don't care who, who has them. Is that, is that, is that, is that the problem up in Chicago? Listen, I can speak for for myself. Um, we I, I, I later supervised what's called the Crime Gun Unit, and there are various units like this across the country right now where you are focused strictly on firearms that are used in violent crimes. Um, it, it, it's my personal opinion, again, it's not the ghost guns that are doing it, that there's conversations about going after guys making ghost guns. Those just happen to be law-abiding citizens that love guns, and mm-hmm. they make their own, you know, they, they manufacture their mm-hmm. own firearms. Regardless of what federal government, politicians, uh, administration, and some police departments think, bad guys are going to get guns, period. Hmm. You know, it's a crazy concept. Really? Crazy concept, huh. just like drugs. You know yeah. I mean? They want it. They're going to get it. Huh. So, uh, you know, bringing in, I mean, listen, the help will be great. Uh, you know, we worked with our federal partners in the Tulsa area at times when it was needed. Um but, you know, you got to have proactive so policing. I don't, I don't like the idea that uh, federal government gets involved in local policing. I mean, when they're needed, they're needed. Um, but uh, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of federalizing our police forces. I think that's an extraordinarily bad idea. What I really um, what really bothers me is how cops are viewed now as bad and uh and not good. The, 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 I think majority of people think that most cops are bad uh, when it's exactly the, the opposite. 100%. Most, and you can't get, I mean, the, um, you, uh, you can't get a, a fair hearing. E- even if you go to court, that's fine. But you are deemed bad, wrong, racist, whatever, a killer, if you even do your job and you did nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, we there, there, there's story after story, and one of the biggest ones was, you know, we saw up there uh, just outside of Minneapolis a few months ago, um, you know, the black female that went to stab another black female. Yeah. And the officer 
did I, I don't know well, if I, I used the word heroic, but he did what he was supposed to do to amazing. save somebody from getting injured. Yeah. And, you know, we had protests. We had, you know, pro athletes, you're next, putting that person's picture out there. And it's like, man, this guy did his job, what he was supposed to do to save somebody else from being possibly killed if not injured and yet still coming after the cops. And, and that's why, Glenn, you know, it's spoken about quite a bit. That's why a lot of people are leaving this profession right now. You know, it's like, man, I don't want to be this guy that gets my name drugged through the media. I don't want to get sued for doing my job, uh, you know, the right way. But people are still coming after me. You in in your book, Breaking uh, Breaking Blue, real life stories of cops falsely accused. You were one of them. I was. Yeah. Um, back in 2010, uh, there was a federal investigation of police corruption within Tulsa Police Department. And there were actually a handful of these going on across the con- country at the time with Eric Holder in office. Mm. And... Uh, bad guys, felons, people that were facing charges, people that were already in prison were being told by federal agents, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office that was in uh, Arkansas at the times who worked the case, that, hey, if you've got information on cops, um, we can get your case dismissed or you can get out of prison. And we had guys that literally were in prison on life without parole um, convictions in jury trials that made allegations against cops that were released just by making an allegation that that was unproven. And my name got drugged through the mud during that thing. Um, it was put out in the media. I was labeled as an unindicted co-conspirator. Um, I was never charged, but another officer was charged for some of the things I was of alleged to have been involved with or witnessed. And it was blown out of the water when it came time for trial for this officer. He was acquitted, not only acquitted, of those charges, but it was literally like, these are flat out lies. I mean, it was shown to be, these are lies and nobody was ever held accountable for it. You know, these bad guys got out of trouble and got to walk the streets and commit more crimes in Tulsa. And did that officer, I mean, how has that affected you and that officer to have your name? You know, like, unfortunately the officer, he actually, he, he faced 62 federal counts, um, went to trial on 58, fought every single one of them, ultimately was convicted on perjury from a, uh, a trial he did earlier in his career and a civil rights violation from that same thing. Um, he actually ended up going to federal prison uh, up in South Dakota. He has since out outside of law enforcement now. So wait, wait, wait. So he was innocent of what he was, what they, they charged he, at the beginning. They got him on, on something that happened earlier in his career. So there was a case that he had testified earlier in his career about a uh, he, he had seen a suspect on the front porch of a house while he was doing surveillance to get a search warrant for the house and during the trial uh, of that individual the defense showed that this guy was actually down in actually here in dallas he was actually here down in dallas and not up in tulsa and the officer was adamant the guy that i saw on the porch was you know, john doe whatever yeah, the name yeah. was and he was asked like four or five times are you sure it was john doe are you sure it couldn't have been somebody else and, you know, I don't want to say shame on him. He, instead of just stating, I saw who I believed to be John Doe on the front porch, would have made things different. Uh, but he stated, he, you know, who I saw was John Doe. And so the, each one of those times that he said that, the federal government charged him for a count of perjury. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no joke. So he wasn't out of town. He just mistaken identity. Well, the, the, no, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, 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 the bad guy. Now, the, the bad guy was, was out of town. Was out of town, and yeah. whoever he saw, he believed to be the bad guy. And here's what's he actually ran the search warrant on the house. The target, the bad guy, was there when he ran it, and they did find drugs and everything. It's just that in his affidavit for the search warrant, he mistook somebody else as the suspect. So he went to federal prison over it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
Um, what can the average person do to support the police? You know, right now, I'll be honest, just a simple, hey, we appreciate you. You know, if you see a cop out, I don't care if they're grabbing a coffee, they're sitting down somewhere grabbing a bite to eat. Um, the cop might, you know, be his, his tough guy persona right there and kind of just, you know, act like it's not a big deal, but it is. I will tell you that it it strikes me as fascinating, and there's something beyond that. Um, the fact that in 2001, every cop, every cop was a hero, hero. Yep. a hero. And 20 years later, every cop is a villain. Yeah, and that's something that I saw the difference in my time just testifying in court. You know, I came on the police department in 1997, and at least the first half of my career, you testified in court. The defense attorney was doing his job, and he was going after you know potential procedural violations and right. things like that. The latter half of my career, you take the stand, they just accuse you of being a dirty cop or you're racist and things like that. That's that's you know it, it's just has totally changed the whole view of police. Uh, the name of the book is Breaking Blue, Real-Life Stories of Cops Falsely Accused. It is a fascinating read, and uh, thank you for everything you've done, and uh, any of the cops that are still doing it, even retired, thank them for us. There's millions of Americans that are behind them. And I know that. Thank you very yeah. much, Glenn. I appreciate it. Breaking Blue, Real-Life Stories of Cops Falsely Accused, available everywhere now by Sean Larkin. <laughs> Our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. There is an opportunity that Goldline would like to share. It, they have come into possession of very, very rare, uh, probably one of the most historic coins in U.S. history. It is the $5 gold Indian head. Now, there is a reason that I buy these historic coins, um, because this is this is all I buy. If I if I buy, I'm a I'm a coin collector. You see, I'm not a gold hoarder. I'm a coin collector uh and these are really really great this is a great find they're very rare five dollar liberty coins what i usually uh would buy but they just because they don't have these these are 10 times rarer than the gold liberty coins which makes them highly sought after this week only Goldline is offering a pre-launch special before they offer these products to the general public with each tube of indian head coins purchased you're going to receive a brand new 2021 type 2 silver eagle and a copy of the crisis preparedness handbook which i think is one of the best preparedness uh, books out there it's all at a no additional cost the offer is available this week and while the inventory lasts go to goldline today they're standing by to talk to you about them at 866 goldline that's 1866 goldline tomorrow night on glenn tv the worst of the COVID pandemic may be over but the virus's after effects will be with us for years and now we can finally connect the dots, showing what really happened. Did America's elites trust communist China with a civilization-killing virus and then lie to cover up their mistakes? Glenn's back at the chalkboard with what happened and who was involved. Deadly negligence, exposing the real origins and cover-up of the COVID-19 pandemic. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com. The Glenn Beck Program. So... Stu, the new Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit edition has just come out. Mm. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I remember, and maybe it was because of our youth, um, I remember that being a big deal. 
Sure was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, who was on the cover? I mean, it was a yeah, massive it was a deal. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Now, um, either guys are are just not, you know, as piggish, or the fact that you now also have plus size uh, women and mm-hmm. you know diversity, and I think there is might even be a man in this year's bikini. Ooh, great. Um. It doesn't seem to be as hot right now. No. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone talking about it at all. Yeah. Now, is that because Sports Illustrated is irrelevant? Uh, because nobody's looking at that? Or just nobody's talking about it right now? What, 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 what's happening? Used to be a big cultural thing. Yeah. Not anymore. Well, they've changed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. It used to be something completely different it's the same thing with the victoria's secret show right it was something very different and now it's like hey here's megan rapido or whatever her name is a soccer star with her purple hair well <laughs> that you're not attracted to in any way isn't this going to be exciting and good news is she's not attracted to us in any way so <laughs> so it's we hold uh, things in common it's mutual it's mutual 100 <laughs> percent. it's mutual it's mutual mm-hmm. Uh, All right, um, back on tomorrow's program. And don't forget, double chalkboards. There might even be three uh, chalkboards tomorrow on tomorrow night special. The truth, the truth on COVID. We put it all together. Chalkboards tomorrow night, Blaze TV, 9 p.m. This is the Glenn Beck Program.